Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, we're super excited to have Angela Gorin back on the podcast. She's a good friend of mine. And as you'll see in our chat, Angela and I have known each other for almost 20 years. I gave her a job as a spin instructor in when I had my spinning studio around 2004 or six, and she was amazing then. She's amazing now. Um, and she went to go and break, try and break the one hour world record in Mexico, but she came back with a national one hour rec- record. She's an amazing ambassador for women's cycling. And I can't, wait to dive into all the details of her going for this record so enjoy the episode it's it's so amazing to talk to angela she's just a great human so here we go all right everyone welcome back to another episode of secrets from the saddle all things cycling podcast with your host sylvie day we have the lovely angela gorn back for a follow-up so If you want to go back and listen to her episode, it was on May 19th, 2021. So last year it was episode 72. And this is kind of like a lead in from that one because we talked about her neobank business. And then we also discussed the world attempt, um, the one hour world attempt uh, record attempt (laughs) that she had scheduled for that year which then got pushed to last fall, spring, and spring. then moved to this, oh. this September. <laughs> and you know how all of that panned out. So Angela, I'm so excited to have you back to talk about that. Cause like, oh my gosh. Thanks like, for having me back. This is, this is special. Cause it's like, you're one of my first podcasts out of a few and, and a few com- awesome interviews now that I'm back from kind of vacation mode, but it's special because obviously you're you're in Ottawa and you've got global global presence in the sense of people listening in and tuning in. So it's special. So obviously we've got our own history as two women and I used to work for you too, right? So I love that. <laughs> I know that's right. So that was back in 90, uh, 2004, 2005 yeah. when you moved to Ottawa and she became one of my spin instructors in my spinning studio, Cycle Fit. Yeah. So yeah, and then Angela, yeah, and then Angela's been going on to doing a ton of entrepreneurial businesses. So let's get back to so where we left off with the last episode, we were talking about Neobank. So let's just touch a little bit on that because I really do want to talk a whole lot about um, just getting ready for that world record attempt that ended up being a national record correct so let's just talk about the neobank because i'm sure you've been like you know putting that off maybe a little bit to (laughs) focus in on this and where's that at the balance yeah well i think like anything just like training for a specific event (laughs) launching launching a company has its ups and downs too um i i actually gonna say for myself and the team behind tap and go on technologies we have been very fortunate with the turn of the markets. Um, I highlight, you know, kind of looking at the tech environment for those that are interested in it and obviously reading up on all these increased interest rates and the bear market that hit us a few months, a few months ago, you know, obviously investors, not just in Canada, the U.S. and global, because that really is our reach is um, they're tightening in on the reins. They're really looking at companies' valuations. 
And we were at that sweet spot, like made a quick decision. And I shared that on that last podcast is made a really stealth decision to not go to market in 2020. We all know why. Um, Tap and go, which makes this different, like for those that understand neobanking, I always kind of like to define it so people understand Mm -hmm. it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So digital banking, right? So everything you can think about from the day-to-day banking of what you would do seen that word in Canada. So if you're with RBC or BMO or CIBC, one of those banks, right? Obviously you can get checkings account, savings account, you get loans, you get lines of credit, mortgages. So neo banks and challenger banks are kind of what is this newer format of digital banks. We're not brick and mortar. We're really focused on the online presence of offering those same services to customers at the click of a button, um, anytime, anywhere. Um, assessing also the support for different languages, which is really cool. So if you're looking for immediate financial planning, but say maybe you're a newly landed immigrant from the Ukraine or from Somalia, kind of hard to walk into a bank when you're from a different Mm. country and have that support. So lots of neobanks or fintechs, which is what the category is we fall under, um, offer solutions that particularly what I would call the monolithic banks are not going to really step up to really service. And it's become fascinating because, you know, I think a lot of people, they get confused over what is the neobank world, but I, I love to say it's just, it's everything that you can think about in your day-to-day banking that you would do, but this is all digital. It's all online. You still can get issued cards, so you can still use that at a vendor or a merchant when you transaction, but realistically, everything's mobile. So it's an app, yeah. it's an app right? It's a wallet here. So with us, I'm excited. And, and I know from our background being sport and wellness, I started to look at this market more from a why perspective, which is like my last company, all for kind of doing purpose in communities. And I thought if banks are taking and credit card companies, especially and processors, trillions of dollars from the hard-earned money that we make as people, how could we simplify the solution? And yeah. I think that's where, you know, I, I always kind of laugh. I always say to people, if they really, when I started to skin the cat, pardon me for saying it that way, but when you look at the layers of transactions and how they process, it's kind of like a math formula. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, there's five hands in the cookie jar. And I could eliminate a few of those, right? I could keep some money in the back of my pocket and pay the merchant or the small business that I'm transactioning with, or they can save a little bit if I made it easier. So that that being said, I started to challenge some of the neobanks that are out there, even though they're disruptors in the space, but they were still offering a solution that was similar to the day-to-day bank. So, you know, when I look at Coho, uh, which would be another neobank here in Canada, Coho, our neo is well-known. They're the ones that are doing the credit card for the bank, um, sorry, for the bay. It's, it still is, here's another visa card, right? Here's another MasterCard. It's, okay, so what are you offering that's a different solution? Mm -hmm. And so that's where tap and go for us. I really wanted to get into saying, well, I truly believe that there's niche communities where people transaction and spend and brand. So Sylvie, like yourself and the community that are here listening are more than likely into sport, I'm going to say, into fitness. Um, They want to learn about new nutrition tips or products that are out there, maybe some good coaches that are out there that are licensed that they could get their services paid for. So for us, it was more about building a marketplace of vendors that have services and products that are specific to a community where people transaction. So now I'm about, Tap and Go is about issuing products or programs that are specific to a need. So Athletica Rewards is our first Visa Debit program. It's not a credit card. It's a generally loadable card. Um, It's going to be an e-wallet as well. So you can transaction and use it on your mobile watch or your mobile phone um, to do payments that way. But it's connected to brands that are relative to that market. And it's not, I don't, yeah, we're not the, you know, I don't want to put people in a shoe box and say, you're the one size shoe fits everybody. I really Mm -hmm. want this to be the glass slipper effect for every single person. So our programs are going to be specific. So we've got sport and wellness. We'll have ones for female founders. We'll have ones that are focused on next gen. And then you can start to see where we can start to go to merchants in the specific market to say, hey, we can lower your cost, not just to acquire a customer, but also the transaction process. So that's where when you go in and you transaction, oftentimes, remember, if you go into a coffee shop, they'll be like, look, if you don't spend $10, we're going to have to charge you $2 for the process to take place. Because they're losing that money, right? The processor fee. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's what we've done. We've been able to, because of the fund rail, we take that card, we've connected now the merchant in the marketplace. When you transaction, it actually happens on one fund rail versus having to push it out and pull it back from a different bank. And that's why there's those processor fees. So processors kind of become a middleman. We've made it easy by partnering and internalizing our processor. And that's one of our unique features out of some of the other ones that make us a big competitor. So we're excited. We're getting ready to launch. Um, oh, okay. Was, I was going to say, yeah. is this already out or when are you launching now? Yeah. When's your date? Our date. So goal is we're going to be doing a real big push throughout the whole fall. So we're going to start to drop some press release next month at Kona in Hawaii. Um, I'll be back down there just meeting with some of the vendors and merchants we have saying thanks and hi. We've got some really great athlete ambassadors that are going to be doing the championships. And then out of that is then we'll be back um, and really launching it January the 1st. So the big kind of push is going to be, especially with sport and wellness, is getting people engaged, getting them on early bird registration almost, and, oh, yeah. and really setting them up for a January 2023 push. Um, that will be the first program. And then my goal is, is then throughout January and February is to start to also market to our second program is called Alexandrite, and that's focused on the female founders. So we have been told we will be the first digital e-wallet solution for female founders across North America. So Ooh, explain that a little bit more. That's interesting. Yeah. So same idea as Athletica, like the whole reason why we built Tap and Go as the main co, it's a technology. We can put as many products or programs out there that are niche. And as a team, when I sat down and, and worked with my mentors and my board, as we started to look at fundamentally what are other specific niches that are in need of better financial services, I, Sylvia, I think you'd probably agree with this, female founders, right? Like we yeah. we're definitely, yeah. it's, it's it, not to say like we're a huge conversation, but just looking at what the pandemic's done to decrease the access points, getting women on board, supporting small businesses that women have started. And, and now maybe they're, they're needing that extra added support to get it back on the ground or get, get it going. Um, mm -hmm. Alexandrite, you know, we started to look at that as well as the next gen. So kind of that 18 to 40 year old and looking at how can we fundamentally get younger people set from a debt perspective, not in debt at an early stage. And when we weighed out the odds, I thought, you know what, Alexandrite just fits the bill because A, we've got so many small businesses in need of our support. It's also a marketplace. So not only are we getting a female founder, we're also getting that female founder's business on our marketplace technology. So it's kind of a two-in-one deal, right? So mm -hmm. we can support it because oftentimes a lot of these, you know, I, I, I love Spell would be a good example. Um, Elle, Elle lives in Toronto, great um, female founder. She has a shoe line that's a beautiful designer pump line. Um, I know our minister of finance, she's worn the pumps into the budget for the last two or three years. And that's a good example. Like here's a female founder that would use our program, but also spell shoes would be a great product to actually be able to market to the female founder network. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, it's kind of neat, like different services. Like we, with, when you think about Athletica, it's for somebody leading an active lifestyle, we might be able to support them with kind of a buy now, pay later option if they wanted to buy a bike over a period of 12 months versus having the upfront cost. Whereas with the female founder solution, we'll be able to get into lines of credit, um, loans for their small business um, oh, offerings. Okay. Yeah, financial services and coaching as, as well as mentorship. So connecting these females to uh, other organizations and associations based on where they are located to support them. Things that we had to search for, you know, going back five, 10 years ago, that access so point in there. Would that be kind of like replacing you say like your CIBC business account? Like, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, and correct. then can you use that also as a portal to take purchases or is that something completely different? That's completely different. So yeah, that would be, but because we're now, which is going to be a new announcement, I can't release it here yet, <gasps> oh, um, but we on. will. Yeah, I know the suspense. The, we will we will have some big news coming out in the next 30 to 60 days. And that's one of the things that um, we will be able to work with our processor to support small businesses on doing those, those action items for taking transactions for. So instead yeah. of using Stripe, you would have like your own. You would have a processor internal. Exactly. Oh, no. 
that would be very cool because then mm -hmm. it would just go directly to your bank account instead of like having maybe, to wait for it to come in yeah or and um so would that take away some of the processing fees for 100%. moving the money around you got yeah. it so that's kind of one of our one of our things that we've been really working towards is and again it's all about creating a community effect so our goal is to say to uh, a founder let's say for the alexandrite program is to go and say okay well what would it usually take for you to acquire a customer for your product or service and what would you be willing to if we brought you that customer share so we can give some cash rewards back right and that's where again collectively as a community what we've put into the business model is to offer if any of the merchants come on and offer us 15 percent or more we're going to get their processor fees down to i can't announce it but we'll be the lowest processor fee that you'll have ever seen in north america which is really exciting for us because then we'll be able to share more in a return from the rewards cash play. And I know how much Amazon gouges small businesses. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's not any, it's transparent. Like, you know, you're losing 15 to 30% um, when you sell on Amazon, just because that's what the cost is to work yeah. with them. Right? They charge a lot, like even for holding fees to hold your products in exactly. their warehouses, which you know, kind of, you know, it's, it makes sense. Cause you don't want it sitting in your garage. You in your garage. Yeah. It depends on the size yeah. of your business, but yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. yeah, no, it's exciting. It's, you know, it's kind of, I'm, it's been a long time coming, but I think those that are a little bit patient, you know, it, it works out. I never, you never anticipate certain things, but it's kind of like dealing with the markets and for sure we're at a point now where um the right partners are there the the right incentives and and now i don't think we're going to see the world go backwards with what we've saw in the pandemic if right finger knock on wood i shouldn't say that too, too but <laughs> i think like i, I, I think it would be a big pushback if that were to happen again it's like come on yeah yeah i don't think we could i don't think people would allow it yeah and it's yeah and it's so refreshing to see people kind of back out mm. i know people are oh. hesitant but it's uh I'm not, I, I got that band-aid ripped off traveling to Mexico, although they, they do take caution down there. There's still people wearing masks in grocery stores and, and places, but it, it is back to normal. Like there's just so many people, right? So yeah, um, yeah exciting. Well, schools are back to normal. Hospitals are uh, not asking and, um, you know, it's, it's so nice to, so to nice. see and feel the normalcy. So let's just hold on to that. So now how did you put all of that business stuff on hold for two months in mexico now i don't even know if i want i should start there yet but because <laughs> because maybe we should go back even further because i have been and this just goes to a lot of the the friends of mine who have had like be, who have had events pushed back like two years and they're just yeah. like they're stuck having to attend these events that they are no longer like mentally and physically interested in anymore but just like i like triathlons for instance i think oh, it's yeah. probably one of the ones i'm thinking of that you know you pay a ton of money and they just they were just rolling them forward right mm -hmm. and i have friends who have like have them lined up because Either they have to use them or they're going to lose the money and, yeah. and they're just like so not motivated to do I'm anything like, and I'm just like, to do like 20 oh. triathlons now like right yeah I know, I, I know right so let's go back to that 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 you know yeah that may where you were getting ready to go at it was 10. may so so yeah when was the date that you were yeah, going, so you were going. The original date was May. It was going to be May eighteenth of twenty twenty. Um, oh, okay, that, so that's the original date. That was the original first like date. We all know what happened on March the fifteenth of twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, really? So, and I was I was literally about to go into kind of like that down downward kind of like you know just prep, get on a plane, get down to Aguascalientes. I had you know had had access lots of good partners and sponsors that were that were there obviously pre-pandemic and then it was just like for anybody kind of just stop and halt and kind of go how long is this gonna happen right like the UCI who is the governing body behind these record attempts 
Um, They themselves were also like, even trying to reach them was, was not happening. Like, you know, their number one was obviously the tour and looking forward into the summer and dealing with like your, your Harry, your Roubaix to your tour de France Mm -hmm. to your, yeah. So it was interesting. Like when I finally got a hold of the gentleman I had been dealing with back and forth, he said, yeah, until, until further notice, we are, there's no records, right? Like we're just focused solely on our tours and seeing what we can do this summer with technically where they make the majority yeah. of the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that being said, obviously then I had to go back to the sport federation in Mexico. So there's kind of like what's interesting and that's a whole other, other space is, you know, out of doing this, there is a lot, I think even with the UCI, now that we have a few good Canadians that have worked for Cycling Canada and, and I know Jack Laundry from, um, New Zealand he went back to New Zealand and now I think he's with the UCI in Switzerland it's going to be interesting to go back because I think there's a formality that one could actually consult and help them a little bit on these parameters around the records because so many people are so confused on if you're doing it as an age group or even if you're doing the world record attempt you know I know from from listening and hearing Victoria Boosie's story you know yeah like the logistics like, and it was I'll honestly say equally as hard as putting the sweat on the track and, and doing the attempt was logistically mapping this by myself. It's right. it, it really isn't a solo attempt. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for the partners and sponsors and the group that I had and family and friends that just kept motivating me, um, it wouldn't have been possible at all. Like it's, it's an expensive endeavor. Um, mm-hmm. You really have to budget for it um, and, and take care of those kind of things. So at least some of it was taken care of by 2020. And then it was just kind of like a holding pattern to kind of wait for the, the signal. And of course, because I did want to go after the world record attempt and the national attempt at the same time, I had to follow the parameters that the UCI guidelines had. So there was, you know, you had to have at that time, it was four months, um, four months notice in advance um, right. of the date of you were doing the attempt. And then you also had to have your commissioner lined up from the UCI, um, your timekeepers, yeah, exactly. Right. So you kind of go down the list and you have this, they do, they provide you this check mark list, but what happened in the pandemic was as, as we saw, which is, you know, amazing on its own is Victoria Boosie did her world record attempt in 2018. I would have been the next female if I successfully had gone out and did the attempt in 2020 um, to go at it. But then what ended up happening is throughout the pandemic, and, and it's interesting to kind of look at it. And I'm, I'm really, I love it because honestly, hats off to anybody that just goes out and, and you know what it's like, right? Like puts their mind to doing it. So then we saw <laughs> Joss Loudon come at it and Ellen Vendick and, and these are amazing powerhouse women, like, and they're super awesome. Like they're gems. They're such lovely women. Um, you know, I, I could talk to Joss Loudon for days, like this female that's been in the, and Ellen, oh my God, like she's been in the sport for so long and still puts out these incredible lots. So what's happened in the pandemic is these athletes had access to the facilities. They had Mm -hmm. access to full training, which a majority of us didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And not on the national team. That was a limit, a limitation for myself. I, you know, super grateful to Ken Burnett and his team in Ottawa here at peak. Like I literally was Sylvia lap, like sneaking in with the fob into the gym and like using the compu trainer. Cause what else (laughs) was I supposed to do? Like, you know, so here I am and most people, and I couldn't post those stories because then he would have gotten trouble by the, the building owner. Cause here I was, you know, walking into a building freaking nine (laughs) o'clock at night and Nick's laughing at me going, Oh my God, you're crazy. But you know, you do what you got to do to get done. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't get how she's like, fig- like getting all this training in. Cause like Ellen Van Dyke is like the, the, the world was it? She's the world national champion, you know, like, like three times over, four times over. Right. Like she's yeah. a beast. She's like, I freaking and love her. I, she's so bad. I saw that and I'm like, just a second. Isn't like Angela's supposed to be doing this too? Yeah. Cause oh, she, yeah. when, when Ellen came, when Joss did it, number one, like Joss on her own, like, so what was funny was that was kind of, you know, at that stage, I already, that was in May. Before. Yeah, you were, exactly. Yeah. You were scheduled go. to do it in May. And then that came out. I was like, okay. okay so that's now- and I knew, <laughs> I, I knew before, like, I knew that that was happening just because of Argonne and a few other sponsors kind of saying, Hey, there's another person coming and <laughs> you know, we know what's happening. And the UCI, this other person. So, 
Yeah, you know what? I just, it's kind of interesting. Like I, I, for me, it was exciting to know, number one, you put the time and you put the miles in. It, it would have been really cool to have been able to do it in 2020 because at that stage I had, mm-hmm. not had access and I had had all the training and I had prepped for it from 2017 and my mind was there. Um, yeah. Obviously we all know as you age, um, power can be lost. I don't know if it's been lost though, Sylvie. It's kind of been cool. Like definitely, you know, if you keep it consistent, it should consistently stay strong. strong. But there's, you know, yeah, like, I, you know, I think definitely if I had a little bit more access points and some of the training, like I was doing, which is why I went down to Mexico a little earlier was just because getting to Milton from here in Ottawa, as you know, is a six hour yeah. drive. It's not conducive. Um, the track time was very limited, even yeah. February, March, April, because of the pandemic, we were still pretty much until Easter, they didn't have a schedule. So for me to get on there and actually do motor pacing and things that I needed to be doing from right. the side, it was just, it was really challenging. So I'm glad I went down and did what I did, but um, it was definitely, yeah, like, I think like all of your friends that are triathletes and cyclists, like two years, you know, the choice, the choice to continue to train definitely kept me um, focused on mentally being strong and physically yeah. being strong. I think any of us needed that outlet. Um, and it was nice to have that because I think it, I hope, I hope for all my friends that are listening and, and watching, like it gave them a little bit of motivation and inspiration too, um, because I think everybody got hit hard at certain different levels. Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of nice to be the, Hey, like, let's just go out for a bike ride or, you know, like, let's like <laughs> work out like this on the, on the, you know, like yoga classes and fun stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I look at it now and I, I'm impressed one kept the caliber, at least getting what I could do with the resources. We built a gym upstairs, um, at the place here. So had all of that, you know, that was kind of a lot of fun with the med balls and we built like a, we have a full squat rack and I have, uh, yeah, kettlebells. I have everything I need. I need it here from a training weight perspective. So Did you use them? <laughs> that's, that's the other big question. So it's there. <laughs> I did use them. I use them. <laughs> I have. Yeah, they were they were well used. Nick will definitely attest to that. They were, they were <laughs> put to the test, and the and the compu trader definitely got a lot of pain and suffering in at, at Peak Center. Ken will Ken knows that I show. You it don't out, have so. your own power trainer at home. I thought you were sitting well, at home too. I do. Yeah, I do have a power trainer here. But interesting enough, working with Ken and, and Ken worked a lot with Cycling Canada back in the oh, day. Okay, he was still really convinced. He said, "Look, like." And I do have to agree, like I've, I've written enough on Swift and, and certain platforms mm-hmm. and the consistency. And that's a challenge with track cycling. You put one, you know, you put a, it's a fixie bike. So you put one gear on and you need to sustain and maintain. Yeah. Watch. And I, yeah. you know, and I think that for me, what's nice with the compu trainer is you set it, you know, your cadence, you know, the Watts you're pushing. And if I need to push that for 50 minutes, that's what my workout is that day. That's what I'm pushing. Yeah. So as it kind of built, especially the last year, the last 12 months, Ken was like, look, I really want you to come in and hit the, when we have those longer rides that you're hitting the consistent watts. Other than that, I was doing my workouts at home or out on the road. Um, Yeah. The CompuTrainer is still, I think by far the most consistent consistent. and uh, trainer out there. It's just too bad. It's never going to be ever developed like yeah reinvented kind of right like after Mm -hmm. the founder passed away it never really because yeah i agree it's definitely got it's got good mathematical science like if i was yeah it's a great basis to have people use swift is fun like oh my gosh like eric min and his team at swift and what they've been able to do to build that network and build the gamification aspect like and now i think you know, I saw the recent post, which I'm excited for, because again, I'm, I'm about getting people out on a journey of being fit and well, like you are. And I love seeing that there's athletes in Africa that because of Swift are training and competing in the esports Swift games that mm-hmm. are hoping to be a pro team. Right. And that's awesome. Like those are things that we as a global community would have never been able to think possible so I do look at some of the awesome things that the smart tech is doing and allowing um it kept some of us you know sane sane <laughs> still keeps us sane now we're like ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to 
you know, the feelings of having everything like, oh my gosh, like another year. And how do you, how do you sit back and, and put everything to perspective? Like, cause you have also your business things that you have to, um, and you're, you were doing lots of traveling and how, because putting that in, it's like, you really do have to build up your performance yeah. to be, to get yeah. like, to do that kind of thing. So how did that affect? Cause like, you know, from, you know, fall 2021 to, to like literally May. Yeah. Being, um, going, Oh my God, fuck another year. Like <laughs> were there, was there ever yeah. a time where you're like, you know, maybe I'm just not going to do this. Oh, there is definitely, there is definitely <laughs> moments. There is probably more, more few more moments than I want to admit to. And there was definitely moments I did it You're by like, myself and I didn't. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? <laughs> yeah. How do I, what do I do? And I don't, you know, it's interesting. Like, I think like all of us, we had no idea on how long the pandemic was going to take. Right. So mm. when I look at back now, I think what's interesting and, and I would, I would love is to actually have somebody interview my family and my friends when I'm not in the room and ask them the exact same question. Um, because I'm pretty sure Nick and my, my mom, for sure, my brother and like really close friends and family would probably say like, oh yeah, there was definitely moments. They remember that I've completely like put back in my like medulla oblongata somewhere. Or, like my cortex is like holding it for like coming back as a mental <laughs> health issue when I'm like 70. Um, but for now, um, my memory—I have PTSD from that whole event. <laughs> oh, seriously, it's like, yeah, just like any athlete, right? We like freaking go overboard. But I, you know, I think the nice part was because we didn't know when the end was, and this is everybody. I wasn't the only one going through this. I had other friends too that were registered for events. I a close friend and somebody that's local, Mark Wab, with sports stats. Oh yeah, right? yeah trained for his 50th birthday for Ironman. We know what happened. So he, same thing, he's trained. He's doing Ironman finally in Kona this October. So, you know, I'm same thing. Like he was in that same kind of boat going, frick, like I got to keep my training up for an Ironman. And yeah, trust me, I like, kind of joke going, well, must have fun going out for another seven hour ride. Thinking you're going to do your Ironman in a few months. <laughs> my workout's only an hour and a half. So <laughs> You know, like I kind of like we'd have fun jokes with some friends that were in that boat, but um, but yeah, I definitely I think you know there's a point where for sure my battle was for sure more on the logistics with the UCI and just not having answers yeah. and the communication and being somebody who's running and operating a business. That was my honestly like my biggest frustration is how do I convince the UCI that with individuals like myself who are doing whether it be a master's or a world record on my own that they care and I, I look at this as like you know cycling Canada too like all the transitions and staff and and different people it was really frustrating to know who to talk to what I needed to do yeah. everybody had a different message and Sylvie like honestly that was probably more where my mental break was was going this is so complicated where I thought it was going to be so easy. Let people oh. be like, oh, here's a piece of paper, but sign up. There's a lot of cogs in that wheel because like you said, you have to, you have to coordinate everybody. Like also like getting down there. And, and I think the best thing was, you know, having another group to hang out with. I mean, imagine being down there for two months by yourself. By myself, yeah. Well, the two I think that would be devastating. Like, you know? <laughs> pretty much the two months I was there I was there by myself like with the Spanish like the group the main group came in the, around the August long weekend or like right at, like almost like a week before um I just made the choice because I had gotten to know Juan Carlos and Israel um and Israel's the coach of the juniors like the U23 team down there and then right. Juan Carlos JC is his nickname he's one of the sport institute directors who I had to be in touch with for the timers and the operators like he's the mm -hmm. one that manages the facility that the track cycling is in amongst like I think eight other sports that happen in Aguascalientes as a state um right. so kind of like my go-to was JC and Israel and their families like I had I flew down there I had known them now for two years over WhatsApp we had gotten to know each other and there and, and it was yeah. just a really nice friendship and honestly when I I got down there I just felt like they were family like I was embraced they, they, they jokingly, and they, they would say this too, like they've never had an athlete want to come down for that long, but they knew the circumstances and it was them that offered mm -hmm. it. You know, it was kind of, 
I stayed at a great Airbnb. I'll, I almost came back with a cat rescue. I'm really missing Kiki. I left oh. a really cute cat down there, but she's well taken care of she, where I stayed. It has a nice kind of community effect. So she's there, but um, yeah, I just, I had a beautiful time. I think, you know, definitely Aguascalientes has a little place in my heart. I'm looking forward to going back, not to do a record. <laughs> <laughs> I know Israel is probably going to watch this and be like, oh, is she going to say it? Because um, he's like, you should come back. We can do this. We can, we can keep you going. Because he told, he, he's worked with Victoria. He's worked with um, um, Molly and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go on, maybe become a coach a little bit here or there, get my mm -hmm. business off the ground. I'm excited to be <laughs> on the other side. Like, you know, definitely excited to be on the other side and, and still bike, but you know, that's as you yeah. know, like two years added on to the expected and it's a very solo event. So I, mm. you know, I missed out on a lot of fun group rides with girlfriends. Um, yeah. um, that was a big sacrifice and yeah, like a lot of lonely training goes into doing an attempt like this, but you know, you kind of go inside you find a, a new part of you that you didn't know you had yeah <laughs> oh, no, I don't think I've ever met that person but uh, <laughs> I was like I think, yeah. oh maybe as yeah. I get older I'll go for an attempt I'm like mm, Sylvia you're crazy <laughs> you never know once you make the decision I'm trying to get a few I'm like going I definitely it's funny because obviously for those that followed like I I my attempt was on Wednesday the 24th I'm kind of get yeah yes what happened oh yeah so that's what I was going to say. I'm like, like there's <laughs> Angela you know, slept in. <laughs> no, it's, so this is, you know, talk about, and definitely I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what transpired. Um, yeah. I got up like any other day uh, and we had been training. So take note, like middle of Mexico, you're in the desert. There are times you do not want to be riding the track anything more than, you know, five minutes. It's really hot. And that's kind of between the 12 o'clock window and the 4 p.m. window. It's just like, it is so hot. Every five minutes, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And then once the sun kind of goes down, then it cools off. It's quite cool. Like in the mornings, um, you know, you're wearing armies and, and you wear knee warmers at this time of year. But yeah, by that spike. So what happened was my attempt time was set for 11 a.m., which is what I was training and geared up for. And when you're getting into those kind of sets that are like an hour long, you've got to play your nutrition, your hydration out. Mm -hmm. So we had planned that out. I got up, everything was good. Got to the track, did my warm up. There was one woman before me and I still don't know um, what happened because she was supposed to be on the track between 9.45 and 10.45 AM for her hour attempt. She was doing an age group um, record attempt. Um, I think a world record too. And, um, anyways, she didn't get on the track till 1045, which was my window. So by oh. the time she was, yeah, by the time she was done and I got access to the track to do a couple laps, just to kind of warm up and get into the start gate, it was noon. So when I started my record attempt, I was dealing with like an increase every single minute to two minutes in temperature. So at the halfway point. And you got to remember from a nutrition and a hydration standpoint, I wasn't fueling because my fueling was off. Not to say like I had a lot, you should be well reserved in the hydration mm -hmm. space. It was more so the nutrition. I hadn't eaten anything solid since like 6.37 in the morning. So here I am, it's noon. I'm at the start. I, you know, mm -hmm. at the halfway point and, and anybody that's an athlete knows this, like the minute that your mind switches from like, I'm here, I'm on it. You're thinking positive thoughts when it starts to switch to go, why am I doing this? And this is not feeling right. Like there was, I wouldn't say negative thoughts, but I was just going, this is not happening. Like it was like the mind switch, like my mind and my legs were not, uh, they just weren't there. And wow. it, yeah, it was really hard. It was, you know, honestly, like you could, and it's unfortunate, like I know there's videos uh, because the live stream wasn't really that good. And I went up track on the opposite side. There was definitely a few curses. I'm pretty sure Nick heard because he was on that side. I was, you know, obviously really sad. Um, and I didn't know that I was going to be able to do another attempt the next day. I knew there was another day of racing. I didn't know if they were going to be able to fit it in. So at that stage, I just thought, wow, like I came down here and I didn't even finish. And, you know, I've, I've never had a DNF 
And that's like doing. Yeah, never had I'm like that, that too. I got one. I'm like, yeah, it hurts. No way. Like, that no, no. Take me off. I know it was never here. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's like I wanted to <laughs> crawl under a rock. I was, mm -hmm. and especially when you know, like obviously being on the track, like I knew two weeks before when I started, when I was going into just that final like major workouts before taking kind of a week of just get, keeping the leg spinning, I had done the attempt. Like I knew I had done the Canadian record even better than the time that I did when I came back the next day. But that's the, that's the cool about, I, I love that about sport, like even triathlon or any cycling, right? Like you can go out, you could race that same course the next, the next weekend or the next year and go, what the hell happened today? Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's where, you know, you have to kind of look and in, look inside yourself and kind of figure out like where, where it was. And I definitely, you know, there's a few people like on that Wednesday and I shared it because obviously people were messaging saying what happened, where it was. Yeah, I was I, watching. Yeah, it was really, you know, I felt like I needed to do that mo moment and I meditate a little bit here and there. And I, you know, I took the afternoon and I went and found a quiet spot. Kiki kept bugging me, which was pretty cute. And uh, I put my, like my earphones in and after I kind of left the note for people and um, I made that decision to go back and 9.30 in the morning, I'd never really trained up before. The gear I rode was a gear I'd never ridden also. So, cause we had to play with the temperature differences but I just had it in my mind. And that's what Israel, Israel kind of said, he goes, look, I know you came here to do the best that you possibly can to try to do a world record, but he goes, look, like, mm -hmm. I've never seen anybody ever come down in their first go and say, I'm going to go after a world record, even a national record. He's like, they come down here to just get an attempt under their wing to see what it feels like. Right. And he's like, you've come down here with a purpose. And he goes, you have the Canadian record off record go and do that today and just go out and ride and have fun. You have the mm -hmm. legs to do it. So, you know, between that and a few awesome private messages on Instagram to, from a couple of really good people, um, I had good, good thoughts throughout the whole ride. Like it, it hurt. I definitely won't lie. I had vile taste in my mouth for a few moments, a couple of times. <laughs> and I'm glad how fast, what, how fast did you finish? What was your average? Um, it was just under 43 kilometers an hour. Um, so I bested, um, bested it by, I think a lap, a lap and a bit. I'd have to look at the official last record and like shout out to Jane. Cause she's the one that held the last Canadian record. She's a gem. Um, so I'm hoping she comes back and tries to oust me or, uh, I think we've got a few other great Canadian cyclists. I'm just saying like, you know, a few that should be, uh, should be, should be giving it a go. Cause it, it is, it really is. It's a fun it's a fun attempt on yourself, like maybe not fun when you're doing it, but it really does. <laughs> yeah, especially when you hit the 30 minute The mark, idea is so much you. fun, but doing it. Yeah, not when you're doing it, there's <laughs> moments, but definitely when you get in the last 10 minutes and you're like there, right? And that's yeah. kind of where you get the mind body separation. Like the 20 minutes, oh my God. Or no, you're like 10 minutes in, 15. You're like, oh yeah, it's kind of, yeah. It's like, and then it rolls over, you're like, oh, okay. Well, oh, I'm, I'm almost, almost there. there. Yeah. almost there. Yeah. I definitely, it, yeah. I, you know, hats off. Like I, I absolutely love the experience. Like thinking of the speeds that these women go, like, honestly, like, and I, it's fast, but when you're looking at a comparison between an 18.3, 18.4 second lap, which is what Ellen did um, to mine, which was just around the 20 point mark, you know, you're not dealing with, you're dealing with a second, right? Like a second and a half. It's just flying out there. It's so fast. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I applaud anybody that just kind of gives it a go because you are testing your maximum human potential. Like you lay it out on the line and yeah. you mentally kind of go to new horizons or new places if you allow yourself to do it. Um, so for any athlete, like it's kind of, it's just a neat aptitude, but I'm excited to move on. Like the purpose was there and that's what kept me motivated for the two years. Honestly, for me, it's, I've now got the, the impact fund that I'm going to be announcing for girls and women in sport. Um, we've got some really exciting news coming out of the production um, scene with um, a film called Perfect or Podium, um, breaking records and barriers for girls and women in sport. Um, and our season one should be, we're just waiting to hear from some of the major networks that we've been mm -hmm. back and forth with. Um, so we'll have news hopefully by the end of this fall. 
Um, and we've just signed some major contracts that will be announced too. So the, the website is going to be updated. So that's kind of where when we launched AngelaGoran.com, I'll be updating that. And we've got the Perfect or Podium site that's ready to go. And that's where I'm going to shift my energy, like both for Athletica, Tap and Go's first program, we'll be able to do a lot of CSR corporate social responsibility for those that don't know the acronym um, into Perfect or Podium, which I hope to build into a foundation for girls um, in sport. And there's a lot of really good athletes and advocates that are signing up to join in the mission as we start to build it out. And that's my next chapter, Sylvie. Like that, that is really what drove me throughout the whole two years. I kind of figured, you know what, I need, I need to do this, not just for me, but I put yeah. it out there in 2017 to do it for others. And I don't want to give up on it. So talk about the foundation, um, because I'm always curious about that, because I've been in women in sport for a long time, and I'm like, am I doing as much as I can for women in sport? I don't feel like I am, but so well, where are, would... sharing stories. Well, awesome. I, I know, but like, it just feels like there's more to be done. You know, and um, yeah. so, and I look at what you're doing. I'm like, what's that? And then there's the fast and, you know, fast, fast and female. Fast and female. Yeah. Shauna. Yeah. Shauna. So, yeah. Great group. So how would somebody like me get involved with this kind of like, now we're segueing to something yeah, totally different because Angela yeah. does a ton of things, as you can tell. <laughs> but like, how would, how would I segue into that? And then yeah, I want to wrap it, back. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, I think first and foremost, anybody that takes part in giving back to sport, you know, whether you're a parent and or a teacher and or a coach or a leader or a mentor, um, every every part helps, right? Like I think that's mm -hmm. the major part is people need to start to realize how much their role plays in somebody else's life. And that's part of what I'm excited with season one. And I'll give you a little teaser. Season one is focused on the girl. Um, season two is focused on the young woman and season three is focused on the retired athlete. So the viewer is going to follow this life of this young girl, actually two girls, particularly um, from the nonfiction side and the fiction side. The fiction side will have these two characters that hopefully people will fall in love with that end up being best friends as they go through middle school and high school to then get chosen on to sports scholarships and our pro team and they still continue as young women in season two and you follow that mm -hmm. journey of one that goes pro and one that takes on the scholarship but you know how you can participate is a that that important message in season one is just being somebody who notices or is a good parent or is a good neighbor or a good community or a good teacher we we have an example to set and whether that's to the next generation of young girls and boys on what their potential is and it might not be sport right like I think obviously sport's been incredible for us but I think everybody has a particular gift so taking part in something and noticing it like yourself with sharing other other people's stories in sport and coaching and you've got mm -hmm. an incredible women's cycling group um, you've done a lot. And I think that's highlighting those things. Everybody has their part of what they can do. What Perfect or Podium, what I'm hoping comes out of it, because it is, it's collectively like it's having great people like yourself join in and share the story and, and the Ellens and the Victorias and the Cycling USAs and the USA Cycling and Cycling Canada and so forth. But it's all sport organizations. For me, I, what I want to hope is see that collectively as we move in we'll go through the foundation process in a couple of years because at first it's more the non-for-profit angle then you apply for charitable status um definitely we'll we'll probably apply within the first six months to be a 501c also in the U.S. it's a lot easier to do charitable status in the U.S. but mm -hmm. for myself we really want to run it fiscally as an actual foundation that gives back to organizations that are already making impact and or association so like fast and female they would be a perfect example like i don't need to go create another charity that's trying to ask for your money to then go and donate to create a b and c there's already great organizations out there trying to raise capital to do good things yeah so that's what we're trying to do is elevate some of those organizations like fast and female to hurricanes is another really good one um canadian women's sport association so for for me, it's really looking at a spectrum of organizations that are touching 
um, young sport activities and, and uh, I guess community events to individuals that might want to go on. Maybe there's somebody that's 18 years old that needs to have some sport or some funding to go to post-secondary to do sport management, or they want to go mm -hmm. into sport journalism, right? Like how do we get more women doing that? Because honestly, the next big thing I want to see out of this is that we get more broadcasting for female sports. And that's oh, that'd be cool. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So that is super cool. Now let's go back to the world temp. Cause I want to ask a couple questions about that yeah. now for someone who say, let's just give myself an example. If I want to do it, how much am I looking at spending yeah, to do that? Yeah. Budgeting because, Budget. you know, getting over there and staying there and then training and then the coaches and then you had all these bikes and I'm like, where does Ange get all these stuff? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> there's, so there's, you kind of choose. So there's a couple things you, you do get to choose as an athlete where you want to do your attempt. I could have, I could have done oh, it. Okay. Yeah. So the attempts don't have huh. to, they have to happen on a UCI sanctioned track. So right. obviously okay. Milton in Canada is one. We'll have one soon in Vermont. But Aguascalientes, as well as the one in Switzerland, which I can tell you there's a secret sauce to why Switzerland's producing some really fast times. Um, they have a, they actually have a circular wind tunnel that happens in the track. So it's pretty cool. You get a, you get a, you get a push from behind. Um, they built it in an interesting way, but the, but yeah, cost wise, if you, let, let's say like, obviously, cause I did mine in Aguascalientes, I had to budget in the round trip airfare to and from where I lived, mm -hmm. um, had to budget in being there. Now I made that choice just because of the pandemic to go down earlier and get an Airbnb and, and work with a coach hands-on, right. but that typically wouldn't have to happen. Hopefully you can get access to a facility, but then still with that facility, even Milton, if I was to stay here. I would have had to pay their the fees to go and use the to train on it. Yeah. Train on. And I would have had to book it privately because there would be sessions I would need behind a motorbike or to get in and actually just use my aero bike because in the open track sessions at Milton, you're not allowed to use your drop bars. You sorry, you're not oh. allowed to use your aero bars. You're only allowed to use your drop bars. So it wouldn't be conducive for the specific, some of the specific training I had to do. So that mm. being said. I would definitely rule out and put into the budget that you're spending at least, you know, anywhere between $5,000 to $8,000 between travel and accommodation and a couple of track rentals um, to facilitate some of those sessions. And that's USD. Um, you know, like that's typically they, they charge all that. Then you've got to look at your blood doping um, commissioner. If you do do a record, then you get a, get a stand around and wait to produce a little bit of pee in a jar. You got to pay for that. <laughs> Super fun. That's about $500 US. Yeah. So that was, that was super fun. Let me tell you how much water I drank. I think I slammed like 12, 12, like bottles of water. I was like, and like sitting there with like a cold. I was like, come on, let's go pee. Yeah. Um, it was really funny. Um, Cause I, I wanted to get out of there. I didn't want to be in this freaking little office for a few hours. I had my family and we wanted to get going, but, um, <laughs> like but in total, <laughs> Oh my God. I would say you should budget for at least 12,000 to 15,000 USD to pay the commissioners, the timekeepers, the drug testing, the licenses, both to the um, sport federation of where you're doing your attempt because they have to certify it as well as the UCI and okay. then your travel and accommodations. And then that's over and above, like if you don't have the right bike, right? So when it comes to that, um, you know, very grateful in the sense of having the support, like SRAM came on board. Um, I was very, you know, very fortunate. And at the same point in time, there's a whole story that I can't publicly share behind the bike that I did ride because unfortunately very disappointed in the brand themselves for some of the things that they've done now towards women, um, particularly. Oh, so well, everybody go check out who what she was riding. <laughs> I know. Hence why the frame was also changed to say my name, Angela, and an incredible sponsor that I've had, Nella, which is in my name. So we covered up the name because I was not proud to represent the company. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. I have to that go back and check your posts. Yeah. It's, you know, I think like anything you go through, it's interesting being a huh. adult. Like, I think if I was going to race elite, I would have had some further decisions, but 
it was, you know, they made some decisions close to the end that were just kind of not appropriate. And I didn't feel comfortable publicly talking about it. Um, and huh. yeah, it's, I think brands go through changes. Um, and it was unfortunate because it was really not conducive to the overall theme of why I was doing the templates, put it that way. So that happened. Right. So that was an interesting experience, you know, kind of. Okay. Who can make a sticker that. really quick? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, they have great team. It was just, important. it was the marketing thing that they, they wanted to redirect and focus. And after two years, brands change, right? Like I think a lot of the mm-hmm. bike industry had a lot of head, um, different changes and stuff. So I wouldn't say anything wrongful about them. I just think they made, they made a decision and it was going to impact my event for particularly and the market that I had built as what we were going to be oh. helping. And it just didn't okay. In guidelines anymore um right. but they wanted the bike back let's put it that way like literally two weeks before i was doing my attempt and <gasps> I was like, you can't do that you can't pull from other sponsors like this is not just me that you would be doing this to and it was a huge it was a it was very hard all i can say is super emotional um people didn't get to see that and you know it's it's the unfortunate it's the world of uh of dealing with brands and sponsors so learning that process sylvie and you know, and I'm so grateful for everybody that did came, come on board. Cause honestly, like that being a, a, a company that's not out to market, not creating revenue yet throughout the whole pandemic, you know, the only way that was, this was possible was by having some great teams come on board to, to put some capital in and help me get there. And I'm, right. I'm over the moon to have some of the great sponsors and obviously people that were following and, and seeing me take learn the names and they'll continue to like they're involved with perfect or podium. They want to advance women and girls in sport, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So they knew this was not a one and done. Um, so yeah. their investment in me was an investment in girls and women. So mm-hmm. it really, you know, that, that for me was meaningful. And obviously as, as the pandemic continued and I already had them committed, it mm-hmm. made it more a need for me in a positive way to have to continue this. Like it was not Mm -hmm. no longer just about myself. I was responsible for some great teams that believed in me um, and believed in the message. So yeah. (laughs) Wow. Angela, I can't even imagine two weeks before when you're trying to physically and mentally prepare for that. And you're like, what you're taking my bike. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was definitely a shock. And the funny part was, and again, like people will see this as we come out with like stuff around perfect or podium is Israel and the Mexican Federation, because they had gotten to know me, they offered me one of their bikes, which was a Cervelo T3, which is the same one that Evelyn Stevens and Molly did. There's a, a great track bike. And Israel's like, don't worry, we, we have a bike. If this happens, you're still going to go and you're still going to do what you oh, can. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like, there's such a great story behind this. And I think it's just, you know, you, I think we oftentimes, if you get pushed down or you, you do that, um, you just get back up and you look at what can be possible. And definitely mm-hmm. I had my Ray Zahab voice in, in the back of my mind. I was like, thinking about, it. I was like, you know what, man, this guy goes out and conquers these hundred milers and does these crazy things. I'm like, you know what? It is possible. There is, there is possible in, I am impossible. So yeah. Yeah, you just gotta Love make a lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. So now that's done, you're like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. Cross the finish line. Okay, bye. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, well, do you? It was funny. Well, Israel's like, do you want the helmet? I'm going. I don't know. Do I need the helmet? Like, do I need the Bambino helmet? And he goes, well. It, you might be back. I'm like, looked at him. I said, I know you're going to keep trying to get me to come back. I'm like, I, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back, but I'm going to come back with other when I'm years. 60. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to come back. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have kids with me and, uh, and be, be helping maybe the sport program down there. Cause they need, they need some of our help too. So they're, they've got some good talent down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, um, I definitely want to see some of those young girls have that opportunity if they want to race pro and boys, like they've, Mm-hmm. It's not a different system than a lot of the sport federations I've seen globally, but it was a lot of fun to ride with them and get to know their families. So it was pretty special. <laughs> so do you now have a coach or you just, are you able to go and ride and do whatever you want? I can do whatever. I oh want. my God. That great. It's so good. I'm like, ah, 
Yeah. So, well, so I'm, yeah, I'm out, actually speaking of Mark Waugh, I'm going to be out for a nice bike ride on Sunday. It's his last long ride. So I'm going to go with him. It's going to be fun. And I'm happy. I'm really happy. I think it's only a three hour ride. I was thinking it was going to be a five or a six hour. I can do three, five hours. I like, was like, oh my God. Only call me on your recovery days. The recovery days. I, anything past three hours now, like, you know, obviously I love riding, yeah. but it's been yeah, yeah, I know. I get it. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm looking for a different training stuff. I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm excited. You know, the spinning has been a big part. I, I did mm -hmm. take obviously and gyms were closed anyways, but, um, I'm, I'm reaching out and have some conversations with Peloton. So stay, stay, stay tuned. Jeez. Would you um, please drive up their market share? Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I know they've been hit. Well, we've got some conversations hoping happening with Athletica with them. And then, yeah, I definitely kind of had some, well, fun. they need to organize their CEO and all that anyways, but that's, an <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, but yeah, they, they're definitely, they need to, they need to t take a look at some new, new opportunities that could somebody needs to buy them is what needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this is, I'm so glad that you're home. So maybe we should actually organize a ride or two. We should totally go for a ride. I'm all for that. Let's do it. I know. I'm, I'm finishing cool. up the gravel time. stuff. And then, uh, then I'm, I'm off the, the hook. Cause I have something that I was hoping to, you know, really, um, go hard at, but based on everything that has happened the last summer, like over the summer, I got sick. I ended up, you know, canceling an event. I did half a one. That's where my DNF came from. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe they put DNF on my name anyways. And I was just like, I <gasps> And then, and I, then I had two accidents and, and I, I saw the accident. Oh my God. That's right. You want to see, see, look at, look how nice it's, isn't that pretty? That is pretty. <laughs> you know what? You could cough it up for like a curling accident. Like it looks like you oh. and you burn <laughs> curling your, iron. Yes. Yes. You could. Yeah. I'm like, if I ever got a tattoo, it'd be right over that. It'd thing. be right over that. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyways. That's so the there's that accidents. Jeez. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just not feeling as strong as I had hoped to that. I was planning on for the summer to build up to this time. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going to go have fun, but you know, and, and sometimes you have summers like that, right? <laughs> You're like, oh yeah. But next year got my calendar ready. So maybe you I might have to get a gravel bike, Angela. <laughs> I'm definitely in for getting a gravel bike. Oh yeah. I've looked at, I have another really good close girlfriend of mine, Alicia crawl, and she's amazing. And she's doing some serious gravel stuff. She's I, yeah, yeah. If you're into some road trips, I might definitely. be doing some next year. Okay. So with that, I've love catching up with you. We do really have to do this and see each other in person at some point. Yes. And, um, and, and just, chat about other things that you're doing outside of this podcast but i hope that our listeners have enjoyed um angela's story to getting to national world record um yeah. for canada <laughs> yeah i know i'm like oh because yeah so i was so proud of you i was watching all that i missed the hair unfortunately i, I probably would have had a great laugh oh that's that. okay i think i'm gonna do like a funny post with like here's the before the before the before <laughs> and then the, the really blonde and then the after and then the like oh the post so yeah kind of get the whole like journey of also the hair of the of, hair of being a female <laughs> cyclist that like you know as my friends say like oh she gets the glam out right so it's kind of like i go from the bike shoes to the heels but why not yeah fun. i know it's like your hair to my hair <laughs> right now <laughs> i have to balance the two like it is at least i would say in the business sense it's funny like everybody that knows me from my company now like i can show up sweaty and be still in my bike jersey and they're like oh it's just angela but then obviously I do show up sometimes, you know, playing, playing the part of a female executive CEO. All glammed up. Yeah. I mean, those are great times, you know, like when you get to, to look yeah. get to professional. Clean up. Yeah. I lived in, a <laughs> I remember, I forget I about those I lived in a for two months. Like I literally <laughs> lived, like there's days that I just stayed in my Jersey and I was just like, well, I've got another training session. So like, fine. <laughs> Like nobody like, else just, is in the Airbnb other than the cat. So I was like, you know, I don't think she's going to mind. 
Oh my God. Anyways, thanks so much. Um, we'll just uh, put up some links to Angela's social medias as to where you can follow her and also check out some of the business stuff that she's up to. And, um, and maybe, you know, next year we'll have to have her back when she's launched everything and she's got some, some, uh, information and updates to share with us, but thanks so much, Angela. This has been amazing. And, um, I hope, uh, everybody's enjoyed the episode. So thank you very much and have an amazing day, everyone. Thanks for having me, Sylvie. <laughs> wow. Everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that. Angela is like, like I said, she's an amazing human and she's got so much so many cool things on the go and while we were after we finished our podcast interview we chatted and we're we booked in a ride together because we haven't seen each other face to face and we couldn't figure out how many years had been so this is gonna be nice it'll be nice to see her and i hope you guys um really enjoyed our chat on everything that she did for her record and now she's back on Canadian soil and back into her business. So with that, enjoy your day and uh, we'll see you on the next episode, which will be my coaching segment. So make sure you don't miss it. Take care guys. Have a good one. Bye. Hey friends. Thank you for enjoying this podcast episode. I'd love to invite you to visit our new and exciting page on buymeacoffee.com backslash secret saddle pod to check out some cool downloadables and if you are so inclined to supporting the podcast with the purchase of a coffee would be greatly appreciated in helping keep the podcast going also providing a separate rating and review on your favorite platform with any thoughts about the podcast are hugely helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much and have yourself an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.